Welcome to the Chapter 49 podcast for August the 20th, 2021. I'm Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer for Chapter 49 in the area of communications and a retiree. We welcome you to our weekly podcast. We try to keep it weekly. We've been pretty good about that lately. There are some weeks we we don't get to it because of our schedules and circumstances. Uh, but we appreciate you listening. Uh, if you know people who uh, might like to listen or watch this podcast, let them know. We're on just about every audio platform a, a podcast could be. Just uh, uh, do the search podcasts by Larry Landon, L-A-N-N-A-N. You'll find all the podcasts I produce. Within that, you'll see plenty of Chapter 49 podcasts. And as far as Zoom is concerned, we are doing this uh, on video as well as audio. If you want to look up our video version, you can do so just going to YouTube.com and uh, search under Duncan Giles. I think there's more than one Duncan, but you'll figure out ours. And you'll see all of the Chapter 49 uh, video podcasts there. And you can subscribe to Duncan's YouTube channel, and you'll be notified of all of the new podcasts. the new podcast. So Duncan Giles, as the aforementioned chapter president, is with us. So Duncan, welcome once again. Good to be here as always. And yeah, I I had you I had you down there, so I uh, at least on the audio portion, I had to. Yeah, the this it's the sound engineer that keeps giving us problems. You know, we have to do something about him. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm wearing too many hats or no hats, so it's just. Uh, <laughs> And we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about the, about the ratification vote we had and how that uh, video engineer let us down. But that's another matter. Let's let's get into the serious uh, subjects. And we have been talking about vaccinations and how they'll be handled by the federal sector, federal employment sector, but particularly with the IRS employees. We've been talking about that for weeks. We actually have some more information now than we've had before. So, Duncan, fill us in. What do we know now that we did not know before? Yeah, they keep refining the information as it goes further, and uh, which I think is a great thing. One of the things that we didn't know before is if you had uh, to go for these tests, would you be getting administrative time for it? And the answer to that is yes, you do get administrative time to go for it. What they're figuring on is uh, if it's not done there in-house, which I would doubt uh, would be most places in the IRS would not have that outside of service centers or very large call centers, um, then you're going to get up to an hour time to go get these quick tests and get back. And they will also pay mileage. So those are good things that are known. Also, you know, the downside that if you do refuse to test, um, there can be disciplinary actions. And folks have come up to, you know, contacted me and said, you know, well, this is a HIPAA violation, or I don't want to give this information. I understand, you know, not wanting to give the information, saying this is my personal information. I get that. Doesn't matter at this point. It's what's going down. We have to deal with it. We can, you know, we can go over the impact and implementation of how it's done, but we can't say, no, you can't do this. This is a statutory right that the president has. When we're talking about HIPAA, this is not a HIPAA violation. Per the Department of Justice, when they came out with an opinion in the last month or so, they said that, you know, businesses, governments, private organizations, doesn't matter. They can ask your vaccination status. That is legal. So that's something to think about as well. 
And I think this, the, the complexities of this are, are many, but I, I've heard this HIPAA violation uh, argument, and even before the Department of Justice came out uh, with their opinion, I read a lot of other legal analysts who said, look, uh, you know, yes, HIPAA is really a matter of keeping your medical information private from the you know, general uh, disclosure, but your employer does have the right to uh, get this information. So you know, whether we like it or not, it's it's not a HIPAA violation. And, and people who say that, it's it's just not what the law says. You may disagree or agree with that law, but that's, uh, that, that's what the law says. The other part of this, Duncan, that I, I find fascinating is that obviously in the larger offices, if you work in Mitten K part, I'm sure all agencies will get people tested who, who have not been vaccinated by choice. So there should be easy access. But as I, my understanding is this will be done by outside contractors. So what do you do if you're in Bloomington, Indiana, or Lafayette, Indiana, or a, a post of duty in some place where it's it's not necessarily easy to find a contractor. Are you? It seems like the the government seems fairly confident they're going to find enough contractors to do this work. I certainly hope they're right. Well, that's that's one of the main things that'll have to be negotiated. This hasn't even started to be negotiated yet. Uh, my daughter, who is in the healthcare field, and I were just having an exchange this morning because, as she said, you know, I've listen to your last podcast, and I hope they don't think that testing is going to be as easy as it was a month or two ago, because there are long waits for testing now. You know, governors are calling out National Guards to help do tests, because more and more people are starting to get them due to things like schools going back and other businesses requiring these tests if you have not been vaccinated. So I think even, you know, in the Mitten Capehart building, I think they're you know, not going to be doing this on site would be my guess. I think that they're going to have to do contractors, and I don't know if that's going to be drugstores, private companies, businesses. We we just don't know, and it may vary from state to state, which I think is going or and agency to agency, which I think is going to be incredibly difficult to administer and trying to get that figured out. Well, yes, and, and I live in Fishers, Indiana. Our mayor set up a testing program really before anybody else did that was free to any resident of Fishers, and that is still in place today. Uh, and we've had, it's not so much right now, but a week ago, uh, the, the cars were lined up all the way around the block. I mean, it was available. You could get an appointment, but you just had to wait to get to it because there was a demand. And there's another part of this, Duncan, and I'm sure this will be part of whatever negotiations go on between NTEU and, and the IRS management. There's more than one test. Uh, you have, uh, I think it's called the antigen test. I hope I got that right, which is a sort of a quick test, and you'll get the results right away. But there's another test that's considered a little more reliable, but you might wait a day or two to get the results. So don't we have to agree on what test we're going to use? Yeah, I believe they're going towards the antigen, the quick test for the most part. And then it becomes who's going to get that information? Is the information going to go directly to the IRS as the employer? If so, who's going to have access to that information? Is it going to be given to the employee? Who is the employee going to give it to when they report back to work? And again, this is only for people when they start doing the testing who are going to be reporting to work. So while we're under this evacuation order and people are not showing up to the office, they don't have to do it. Now, once, if you are showing up to the office under an evacuation order and 
you know, sign the form or don't do the form that says, you know, you're not vaccinated or you don't want to give that status, then you will have to do the testing once it's all been negotiated. But at this point, you know, for the vast majority of employees who are not coming into the office, it's not going to be an issue yet because we still, it says, if you're not coming in, you don't have to be tested. And that was one of the things that we weren't sure of before. Yeah, that this does get a little tricky because we're only talking, as you said, about people that are unvaccinated and coming into the office right now. Well, um, service centers are problem where they handle paper would put that aside for a moment. Other than that, there's not a large population of people going into the office at this point. Yeah, so that's um, a saving grace in this type of issue at the moment. And as we all know, this could, you know, this could change from moment to moment. You know, we just don't know with, with what the variants are, how that's going to work. You know, you hear the Delta variants are going to burn through quickly. Well, you know, what's your definition of quickly? Where is it going to burn through quickly? Are there going to be, you know, is Lambda then going to be coming up? We just don't know at this point because it, it evolves and it changes. People say, well, you know, I don't trust this because it, you know, Everything keeps changing. Well, that's science. The more you know, the more things go on. That way, you you know, you change it based on the facts that are out there. So I guess uh, if there's one thing we should keep in mind is that uh, at some point, we don't know when, the evacuation order will be lifted. By that time, we should have a negotiated uh, contract and know uh, the rules of the road. So at least that's one saving grace, I suppose. Uh, that's that's what we're hoping for. And that will also include, you know, now that they've come out and are saying, you know, booster shots are a good idea. You know, you will get administrative time to get uh, the booster shot once it's been eight months past your um, initial vaccination, total vaccination dates. That is one of the things that we did discuss at the term table in uh, in June is we wanted to make sure that that was available. And lo and behold, we suspected there might come up with the issue of boosters, and it has. Yeah, when I got my shot uh, back in eight, my second shot, uh, I had two. Back in the, so I had the Moderna vaccine, and when I got the second shot back in April, and I got my little card, uh, the people who gave me the card said, okay, there's lots of more lines on here. We did that on purpose. We fully expect there will be booster shots. So I think there was at least an acknowledgement that that was a strong possibility very early in the process that the, that vaccine would have to be subject to a boost at some point. And it looks like uh, we are moving in that direction, although I don't think any decisions have been made except on in, in terms of certain groups of people, uh, maybe healthcare workers and, and people with, I think they call it compromised immune systems. And, and I don't pretend to understand the definition of that, but it's, uh, it's being worked on. So I guess the bottom line is uh, you and I, in our podcasts that we have done, have encouraged people to get the vaccine. We think people should get the vaccine. Now, if people decide not to, that's their decision. But I think the bottom line is, if you don't get the vaccine and you at some point, either now or in the future, are going to be coming into the office, you will be getting tested once a week. It will be on government time and the government dime. So I, did I get that right? Yes, you did. Okay, so that that's what we know now, and that's a lot more than what we do even <laughs> last week when you and I were talking with John Kelshaw, the uh, right. soon-to-be-retired chapter president in, in New Jersey. We certainly enjoyed talking to him. Okay, but, we'll call it that. 
<laughs> you and John always have a special relationship. That's all I can That's say. That's nothing I wouldn't say if John wasn't here right now. Exactly, yes. Um, all right, let's move on to, to something else, because here's another issue we've talked about week after week. Uh, when do we have that evacuation order either rescinded or amended? It's still in place, the same evacuation order that's been uh, in place more than a year, I think it is now. Uh, so this, I'm sure you get this question on a regular basis. When's the evacuation order going to be gone or changed? When are we all going to be required to go back to work and telework based on the contract where we still have to come into the office at least two days every pay period? And uh, uh, sadly, we don't have a lot of answers, do we? No, we don't. We call it return to office because everybody's out there working. The vast majority are not on weather and safety leave. They are actually working. Um, so we call it return to the office. And, you know, I get this question several times a week now. Okay, when are we going to return to the office? We don't know. We know it's been pushed back. Well, what's your guess as to when we're going to be coming back? And, you know, I'm, I'm good at guessing a lot of things, but, you know, when COVID is going to start dying down enough, when enough people are going to get vaccinated that will achieve herd immunity, when it's going to be safe. That's something I don't have a great crystal ball for. You know, people press me for dates and I'm like, I don't know. I can tell you that IRS is going to give 30 days notice before they come back. I can tell you that they're probably still going to require, um, while, it's, while the variants are going on, masks in the office for everyone, even if you've been vaccinated. Once it starts dying down, if you've been vaccinated, you probably won't have to wear a mask. If you haven't been vaccinated or don't want to disclose that status, then you probably will have to wear a mask for the foreseeable future. But when that's going to start to occur, we just don't know. And we're still pushing for people who do want to come into the office and can do so safely, where they're pretty isolated and not going to be around a lot of people. Because I get those folks, too, talking to me saying, look, it's not working for me at home. I don't have the room. If I continue to work from home, I'm going to kill my spouse. So we're trying to keep the murder rate down as well. Um, so we're just we're, we're pushing that issue as well. And the IRS is just very concerned about letting anyone work in the building where they don't have to absolutely have to. So that's been an issue. And, and they're erring on the side of safety. So I can understand where they're coming from. But it's going to be time to start looking at these variables more and more. Yes. I, and uh, so I think the bottom line is, then uh, they say, what can you give me the best guess as to when we're going to come back to work? You could probably pull any date out of the hat and, and uh, be as accurate as anybody else. There, we have no date. There was a plan that was submitted a few weeks ago to the, the top people in government. And as soon as they, uh, all the agencies had those uh, submitted, we had the Delta variant uh, be- get worse. And we're right. seeing I, certain parts of the country where intensive care units are full, which is really scary. States like Mississippi and Alabama and parts of Florida, it's it's a pretty scary situation. And the, the danger there is not just you can't get care for COVID. I mean, if you have a heart attack or another health emergency, getting into a hospital emergency room and getting treated will be difficult because of COVID. So there are there are other impacts to this. So uh, we just don't know what's going to happen here in the future. Uh, we don't know um, 
as you said, what variant will be next and, and how deadly it will be or how easy it will be to spread because we know the, the Delta variant is there. Here's what I was told by a local uh, epidemiologist that uh, with the original um, variant that, that uh, we had with COVID, one person might infect one or two other people if they're positive. With Delta variant, as I understand it, if you have uh, if you have it and you're positive, you can infect eight to nine other people. Just think about that. That's a huge exponential increase in the in the spread of this this uh, uh, this particular uh, this this particular virus. So Delta is a serious business, and we don't know what the next variant will be. So I guess based on that, Duncan, you people can ask for a for a guess, but. Uh, that's all we can give them as a guess. And, and I know you're not in the business of doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, when I've been pressed, I've been giving, you know, November, I said, if everything dies down very soon, perhaps November 1st, that's if, you know, and I, and I capitalize if a lot, mm-hmm. if this happens, if that happens, but we don't know. And, you know, when you talk about hospital emergency rooms, you're so on point because you read about diversion all the time. And that's when they say, we're full. We can't take anybody else in our emergency room. And because of these things, like you said, because of these increase in COVID cases coming in, if, if somebody else has a serious health issue, they're going to have to be delayed in transporting to another hospital because they have no room. So it's an extremely dangerous situation. And that's just another reason why I urge everyone to get vaccinated. And, and tied to COVID also, we, we had uh, something available to us as the federal, I'm, to you as federal employees, I'm a retiree, so I guess I'm not in that category, but uh, we have had uh, access, at least to some extent, of emergency paid leave, also known as EPL. And uh, I think uh, it's important to explain what's going on with emergency paid leave and what its future looks like. Yeah, people are asking me, okay, you know, Delta's come on and, you know, so we're basically at home. Our kids are at home. Our elderly parents we're caring for are at home. Um, you know, what, what can we do? Well, right now, as I tell, and I literally tell people this, if you want more leave, it's literally going to take an act of Congress to get this. And so you're going to need to contact your senators, your Congress people, and let them know that you're going to need more leave. Well, I don't want to have to do that. Well, that's the only way we're going to get anything more. EPL is going to be running out next month. Emergency paid leave is going to be gone. The, you know, the other options are going to be few and far between. You're going to start having to take your own leave. And I know that there are certain divisions that are really looking at this and saying, okay, if folks are, you know, getting, you know, once you use up your leave, then you've got management's discretion to give AWOL or LWAP, absent without leave or leave without pay. Leave without pay harms you financially, but doesn't do anything to you in a possible disciplinary sense. AWOL can get you both. And, you know, if management decides, hey, look, if you're not able to come in, you know, then we're going to give you AWOL. If you're not ill, you don't have COVID, you don't have a that thing, there is no other leave option, you know, you could face disciplinary action for this. So these are very serious situations, and people are going to have to weigh 
you know, how they're going to be moving forward based on this information. Well, yes, you're exactly right. It, was, it took a, an act of Congress to establish emergency paid leave, and, and it was limited when it was uh, uh, put into a statute. And once it runs out, it would take another act of Congress, as you said, to to extend that. And uh, for based on everything we know, there are no plans to do that. So I think we all yeah, have to I just mean, face the facts, don't we? Yeah. I mean, emergency paid leave, caregiver's leave, all these were established as part of relief plans by Congress. So, you know, I don't anticipate any more relief plans coming out, so I wouldn't anticipate these other issues. You know, people are going to have to take a look at Maxiflex, um, you know, as perhaps, you know, we, I can work around doing something with the kids, splitting up with a significant other on what they can do versus what I can do so you can still get your work in in the day. You're going to have to start looking at getting very creative so you can still have income coming in and not have the possibility of getting AWOL and face disciplinary action. Well, and, and if people have questions, they should be contacting you about this because uh, there is a minefield out there and you don't want to get in leave trouble. You don't want to start piling AWOL up because that will begin the process of, of some sort of uh, disciplinary action. And the leave without pay or LWOP is totally a discretionary issue with the management. So um, there are limits as to what the union has the ability to negotiate uh, for you in this area. And I think we all just have to have clear eyed uh, view of this and, and, and move on. Well, I think we've, uh, we've talked enough about COVID. We've talked about it just about every time we talk, <laughs> let's move on to something else. What is kind of a nicer subject for some people who are still working and getting close to that retirement time. Um, you know, we've all talked about well, when will there be a retirement tsunami because we have all these people working for the federal government, including the IRS, who are retirement eligible and have chosen not to retire yet. Uh, we're starting to see some numbers, and these numbers are indicating to us that uh, no, there's no tsunami, but the numbers are increasing. And what uh, does that mean for people who are contemplating retirement now or in the near future? Yeah, it's one of those things where OPM is just like every other government agency. They're understaffed, and that's where we're understanding where the literally choke point is, is that people are putting in their retirement papers. OPM has a certain uh, you know process that they have to follow legally to make sure that everything is fine, and it just gets piled up there because you've got all these different agencies you know, funneling it into OPM. It's not you know the IRS – the best specialists do a great job, um, you know, and they get the paperwork to OPM, but then it goes in there. And I've talked to these OPM folks, and they're just buried. They're literally just buried. So, you know, it's it's something that everybody needs to plan well in advance for. The longer, you know, you give them a lead time to put your paperwork in, the better. Yeah, I think that's true. It's been true a long time, and, and it's more true today than I think uh, ever before. There's another aspect of this, and by the way, I always like to give a plug for this. We do have a Facebook page. Uh, you can like or follow our Facebook page to get our updates. All you have to do is go on Facebook and and uh, search under NTEU Chapter 49, Indiana, and you'll find it, follow or like us. You'll get uh, on your news feed all of our updates. And we've had a couple of updates lately, one from an outside uh, news source and another from internally. 
with NTEU with some tips on this, because really, I think you've already talked about this. You've got to be as prepared as possible. Make sure you get your paperwork in as early as you can with the timelines involved. And, you know, you here's the other part of this. It's sad but true. Uh, when you begin this process of going through the retirement system, you just need to be prepared for the fact that things can very easily go wrong more than once while you go through this process. Yeah, it's it's just like anything else. You plan, you hope for the best, plan for the worst. You know, there's going to be paperwork snafus. You didn't fill something out right. You forgot to sign something. You didn't have a proper form. So there are a lot of things that can go wrong that can delay this. So that's why you want to do it. You know, when you know your retirement date that you are planning on retiring, you know, that you get that paperwork into them as soon as possible so they can have that smoothly done and ready to go. And if you give them, you know, several months at least to do that, your odds of retiring and then having um, at least a semi-close check or at least part of a correct annuity check um, coming to you sooner rather than later. Well, I, I, even in my own experience, what uh, all the years ago that I retired, right, nine, ten years ago, uh, when I retired from the service, and, and it wasn't, I mean, there, there were a lot of people retiring, but not as many as compared to today. And just, you have to budget your, your money in a way, knowing you're going to get a lower retirement annuity for several months until that final uh, uh, number is, is ascertained and, and confirmed. Uh, so you, you just have to be able to plan ahead and, and be prepared to have less monthly money coming in from your retirement system. And uh, that's going to go on for several months, and you just have to plan for that. It's just part of the system. Any other comments on retirement? Because I know there are a number of people in Indiana who are contemplating uh, retirement or setting up or getting set up to do that. Yeah, it's one of those things, like I said, just plan ahead. You know, like right now, I'm pretty sure that I've got what date I'm looking at retiring at. It's not anytime soon. And so those of you who keep asking me, are you going soon? Are you leaving? Uh, no, I'm planning on sticking around for a few more years. So um, sorry about that if you're ready for me to go. But, you know, I have that date in mind. So I'm, you know, backing it from that knowing, okay, when do I need to, you know, how many years from now do I need to start putting in my paperwork to hit my target date? You know, when to do that. So the earlier you can plan, the earlier you can get your paperwork in to your best specialist so they can get it in to the uh, OPM folks, the better for everybody. Well, one last thing, we a couple of last things we want to talk about. Number one, um, you may have remembered that uh, this uh, infrastructure bill that is now going through Congress, it looks like it will probably pass at some point, although nothing's ever assured when you're going through the United States Congress. The original plan was to pay for all this through a increased hiring at the IRS, and certain people in the Congress didn't like that idea, enough of them that that was scuttled, and the, pay, the, the way they're going to pay for it is completely different. There's another uh, bill in Congress that may, in fact, call for IRS 
uh, hiring to pay for some some government programs. But even if neither of those things happen, uh, there's an attrition factor at IRS, and there will be an increased budget of some kind. So there's a couple of possibilities. One's a huge hire if if, uh, the Congress decides to fund some programs with increased enforcement through IRS hiring. And there's at least another side of this, even if that does not happen, uh, there is an expectation based on the president's proposal that there will be an increased budget for IRS uh, apart and aside from that, which will create some hiring. So it's still early in the budget process and all these other factors that I mentioned. Uh, We expect to have some hiring, but we really don't know to what extent yet, do we? No, they're they're really hopeful. and when I say they, it's it's basically everybody, because everybody wants more hiring that works at the IRS wants more hiring. The commissioner does. NTEU does. The management associations do. I mean, this is why the frontline employees, everybody wants more hiring just because of the fact that we know we need it and we can close that tax gap. It was, um, you know such a great political theater, you know, we don't want to increase the, you know, IRS budget because, you know, they'll be coming after people. Yeah. The people that aren't paying their proper amount of taxes. That's part of the issue that is gotten us here in the first place that we want to come after. Um, But it's, it's one of those things that there does need to be a realization. And I do think for the most part, there is on Capitol Hill that the IRS does need to be staffed up, that we can help pay for a lot of these programs that are out there that are proposed um, and that we will be doing this hiring. And that was one of the things that, you know, um, when we were at the bargaining table for the new national agreement that they were very, very keen on and knew one way or another that they were going to get hiring authority and wanted a quicker, easier way to bring people on board. And that's one of the things that um, we're hopeful to be able to do is get more folks on board They're hiring a lot of them still at the service centers. Uh, They're hoping for a lot more folks uh, on the phones as contact representatives. Um, Those, those are, have already gone out that those, but we need a lot more. Oh, so many more revenue agents, revenue officers, uh, tax compliance officers, and the support staff for them. We need more IT folks. We need more folks in procurement. We need more folks in facility. You know, you name it, we need it. And we're very hopeful that we'll be able to get uh, start making a dent in that fairly soon. Yeah, this has been 10, 20 years of neglect. So we're, we're trying to catch up for, you know, uh, a, a situation that has taken years to build into what we have today on the downward side. Building back up is going to take some years, too, but you have to start somewhere. We hope that start will be soon. So uh, we at NTU Chapter 49 will keep you updated on our Facebook page on this uh, this uh, this podcast as to what's going on with that uh, with the most up-to-date information we have. One last item, again, that uh, that video engineer just didn't quite do his job. I, I, I feel sorry for Zoe Olji, who I accidentally <laughs> removed from the Zoom meeting, not meaning to do so. And I think there was a, a, num- a member, Chris Cummins, who tried to come in. We had a problem technically with that. She was trying to come in. But we had we want to appreciate all the members who, who took time out of a Saturday on your weekend to spend uh, roughly an hour with us 
to discuss the contract and, and take our vote. And it was a unanimous vote to ratify the contract. So uh, other chapters around the nation are taking a ratification vote as well. We certainly anticipate that the contract will take effect on October 1st as uh, scheduled. Any any further comments on that since you were at the table the whole time to, to bargain this agreement? Yeah. For anybody listening across the country, this is a great, great contract for employees. Uh, one of the best that I've seen since I've been at the IRS, and I've been involved in these for a long, long time. And it, it's just very beneficial for, you know, it gives management the flexibilities they need, but it's very beneficial for employees. Um, from what I'm understanding, every chapter that's had a ratification vote so far has passed this. I hope we can continue that. Then it goes up to... Um, the Treasury Department for what they call agency head review. And that's always fun. Um, so we just want to make sure that uh, that that goes smoothly. And we think it will. We've, we've gotten some indications that it will. So we are um, fairly confident at this point that it will, the new contract will take effect on October 1st. And for those who weren't able to be at the ratification vote or said, I couldn't get in, you know, and, you know, for those who couldn't get in or like so got kicked out, deepest apologies. Larry was busting his butt doing everything he could. And, you know, this was the first time for us doing a Zoom meeting like this. I think it, to be honest with you, overall, I think it went off wonderfully. We did have glitches, but that had to be expected with our first time. But, you know, it was just, you know, going over the changes in the agreement. And if anybody has questions in Indiana about what's gone, you know, what's different or a particular article, feel free to email me at ntu49 at aol.com. If you're listening to this outside of Indiana, you know, contact your chapters, your chapter leaders or chapter presidents. They'll have that information. They will know what's going on and be able to help you if you have questions about it. And if that local chapter leader doesn't know, they'll probably call you. That's happened as well, and that is absolutely fine. My, uh, we were chapter presidents know each other. We work closely together, and we're always happy to help out each other. So that that has happened quite a bit, and I'm very glad to do that. We need to get Lori McCann back on the podcast. Uh, you know, your negotiating partner, your fellow chapter president from up in Chicago, uh, had a good conversation with her. So once the contract is up and running, maybe we can uh, bring her back. Well, our time is actually, uh, actually uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure Lori would enjoy coming back just to throw some jabs at me. She misses doing that. I was going to say that you two are so good at that going back and forth. She's the best at it, by the way. You've met your match with Lori McCann first. Throwing, Absolutely. Throwing jabs are concerned. Uh, we're over our time now, so any any final comments, Duncan? No, I again, just be safe out there. Please, as I stated in my email out to the members, for the sake of you know, your fellow co-workers, your friends, and especially for you and your family, please get vaccinated. Just heard Duncan Giles, president of Chapter 49 here in the state of Indiana. We represent most IRS employees in the state of Indiana here at Chapter 49. We are very proud to do so. We thank you very much for watching and listening. Once again, if you like our podcast, think there are others who would perhaps like it as well, spread the word. We mentioned early on in the podcast how you can... Uh, uh, access it or tell other people to access it. And uh, Duncan Giles sends out 
uh, links to our video and audio podcasts each week. If you want to be included in that uh, email list, just like he said, contact him at nteu49 at aol.com, and he can include you on that. In the meantime, please be safe and be kind. Be kind.